Welcome to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast. This is your friendly neighborhood podcast host, Daniel Bauer. Better Leaders, Better Schools is a weekly show for ruckus makers. What is a ruckus maker? A leader who has found freedom from the status quo. A leader who makes change happen. A leader who never, ever gives up. Do you find yourself stuck in your office too often? The bell rings and you realize that another class period has come and gone and you haven't seen a single student or staff member. Maybe you're hiding. Maybe you're drowning in paperwork. For whatever the reason, the office sometimes acts as a black hole. And if we're not careful, your staff might even forget you're the principal. Luckily, Today's guest, Andy Lindsay, has the solution, the mobile office. And not just any mobile office, one that really shines. We'll discuss how to build your mobile office first in our conversation. But before we jump into the episode, I'd like to take some time to thank our show's sponsors and thank you, Ruckus Maker, for being a listener of the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast. The Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast is brought to you by Organized Binder, which increases student active engagement and participation and reduces classroom management issues. Learn more at OrganizedBinder.com. Isolation is the number one enemy of excellence, and isolation is also a choice. There's a better way. In fact, here's what Michelle, a school leader in Maryland, has to say about the mastermind. The best part of the mastermind is a supportive community. School leadership can be isolating, but knowing I have a team of other school leaders with whom to share ideas, struggles, and wins gives me the courage and resolve to do what's best for my school community. Get connected and level up your leadership by applying to the mastermind today at betterleadersbetterschools.com forward slash mastermind. Well, I'm so excited to be joined by Dr. Kelly Crane expert coach here at Better Leaders, Better Schools, and you have another tip of the week for us. What do you got, Kelly? Danny, today's tip is to network. You know, sometimes we exist in a vacuum of natural talent, and that will only get us so far. So effective school leaders need to connect with others that can help them accelerate their growth and pass their knowledge on to as well. So you need to look for about five to 10 people that are older than you, that are more experienced than you, that you can look at what they're doing and really emulate what you want to do in the future. So it's so important to really add value to your life, add value to their lives, and spend some time learning together and learning from them. Networking is so powerful. One of those quotes that just shot me through the chest and changed the trajectory of my life is when I heard John Lee Dumas share that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And when I heard him say that, oh my gosh, I really had to reflect on who I was associating with. And that's what led me to join Iron Sharpens Iron, uh, the mastermind led by my mentor, Aaron Walker. And that's what led me to form the masterminds that you and I run, because I had such personal and professional development in short six months, uh, the light bulb went off. I looked at school leaders and I wanted to do something about uh, connecting and helping leaders level up. So 
If you've never heard of the mastermind before and you'd like to join the world's best PD for school leaders, check out betterleadersbetterschools.com forward slash mastermind and apply to the world's best network for you. Ruckus maker. (laughs) Andy Lindsay has worked in public education for 22 years as a teacher, coach, tech leader, mentor, association leader, dean of students, and for the past five years as an assistant principal. He has won statewide awards in Michigan as a first-year teacher, social studies teacher, and as an assistant principal. His secret sauce, passion for learning, for leadership, for kids. Andy, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much. I am so excited to be here today. I am pumped that you are here. Uh, you know, we're going to talk about how you took action on a weekend resource article toward the end of the show, but we're going to start with something that's really unique to you. You know, Andy, I have not met anybody. I've met plenty of people that have mobile offices, okay? It's a bit of a rage on social media now, and I want to explain that in a second, have you explain what the mobile office is, but I have met zero people that have written a grant (laughs) for a mobile office, or I think you said it has like batteries. It is off the charts. So tell me exactly about that story. And and can you explain for the ruckus maker listening what a mobile office is as well? Absolutely. You can't make ruckus sitting in your office with the four walls surrounding you and all the business of public education happening out in the school. You got to get out there. You got to get, you got to roll up your sleeves and you got to get involved. So a few years ago, I realized that the more I was out there, the more in touch I was with the staff, the students, I was connected. And so I was like, how can I do this? How can I do my work and keep that connection? So I grabbed this old rusty audio video cart. Uh, This thing's from the 60s. And I plopped my laptop on it and I I just started wheeling it around. One of the casters on the bottom was was frozen in place. So it was a mess. So I I was like, "This, this is a good idea but I need to do more. So that was version 1.0. <laughs> yeah, that was version 1.0. Uh, so uh, our school district has an education foundation that supports the teachers and staff. And so I wrote a mini grant. And with the mini grant, uh, the first thing I did was I got some paint. I got some new wheels. I installed a, a small desktop on it and I brought it all home over the summer, sanded it down, replaced the wheels, painted it, installed that desktop. And I was good to go version 2.0. 2.0. 2.0. And then 3.0, because my laptop kept running out of battery by the end of the day, like I need more. So I did another mini grant the next year and I got a battery for it. So now, and I had an old flat screen TV, little one, 19 inches. And so now I have a dual monitor powered mobile uh, office that I wheel around and with newer wheels. So uh, causes no, it's quiet. It's got a little shock absorbers to it, you know, so it's, it's nice. It sounds amazing. What color did you paint it? I colored it, uh, I painted it blue because that was the school colors at the time. And now we've changed school colors. So now I, I'm debating whether to bring it home and give it a new paint job. Yeah, I think you need to write another grant. Uh, speaking of the, the mini grant, let's, if you don't mind sharing, you know, is this a million bucks? Is it a thousand? Is it a hundred? Uh, just to give the listener, right? Yeah, that they have a real clear idea. So, you know, Kansas spray paint cheap. Casters were, you know, 15 bucks a piece. The desktop actually came off of an old desk that we had just laying around in the school. 
but I did have to buy the wood that um, I used to attach it. You know, you're talking another, you know, 30 bucks there. The most expensive thing was the battery. Now that was a $400 battery, but we had a $500 mini grant. So uh, that's what I, um, I used uh, to buy that battery. For this year coming up, version, I don't know, 4.0 at this point, I, I'm getting some uh, drawers that are lockable that I'm going to install on the bottom of that audio video shelf. Uh, so that as I'm going around with files, I can keep them safe and secure. So you're talking all said with everything on it. The TV was free because it was one of my kids from years gone by. Now you're probably talking 750 bucks. So gotcha. Yeah, I love it. So what I heard is that you you basically uh, it was a do it yourself sort of mobile office. Am I following you correctly? Absolutely. And uh, the social worker on the staff swears he's going to do. Uh, his version of it very soon, but he keeps looking in the uh, medical cart hand-me-downs. And I said, that's cheating. You got to do it. Speaking of cheating then, so shout out to uh, Mark Brown uh, and Bob Freeman. Uh, I know them both through the Mastermind. Awesome principals, both of those guys uh, on the East Coast. They, I don't know if it's cheating or not, guys. I'm not saying it is, but I know that they went the uh, tool chest route and really enjoyed uh, you know, making their mobile offices that way. Oh, that's a clever idea. I hadn't thought about that. Now you're in another way. Yeah, but with the drawers and all that kind of stuff. So again, I think like the number one reason you had that mobile office is to be out there, be visible, have a pulse on the building and still get your work done. Right. Hey, uh, Danny, there's a story though that goes with it that I'd like to tell about one of our students. And this was a, a, one of our autistic students who's, who's barely verbal. And uh, toward the beginning of, she's new to our building this year. And toward the beginning of this year, she seemed to be pretty aggressive. She would hit out and we, we tell her safe hands, safe hands. But one thing when she was out and taking a break, she'd always stop wherever my cart was parked and she'd want to do her work there. And so the teacher, being a very clever teacher, created a little mobile desk for uh, this young lady. And so this young lady now has her mobile desk that she tools around Sometimes uh, staff have a hard time keeping up with her. But over the course of the year, her aggression has decreased dramatically. And we had a special moment at our spring parent-teacher conferences when the teacher said to the parents, your daughter can read. Now, this is a, a, a the parents of a 10-year-old young lady that, you know, had basically given, hope, given up hope on their child being able to read. And they said, no, nah, you're kidding me. She said, no, here, here are some things. We've done some sight word tests, and she can identify the difference between nose and eyes with just the word, not no pictures, just the word, and, and be able to communicate. She's nonverbal, so she has other ways of communicating, and she understands what these words are. And so when she sees the word nose, she can point at nose. When she sees the word eyes, she can point at eyes. When she sees the word red, she can point at the color red. And she's doing this, not 100% accurate, but 13 out of 15, 24 out of 25. And I, I, that, that just makes me so proud that, you know, that, that education happened. And my mobile office had a very, very small part of that, but it still had a part because she's getting the education because she's not as frustrated. She's not showing that aggression. She's invested, you know, she's investing in her learning in her own way. And I'm just so excited about that. That's a beautiful story, you know, and, and 
I love to hear that the student has experienced uh, some success or behaviors improved and now is experiencing some more, you know, academic achievement. Uh, but the, the neat thing about the mobile office, uh, how you've approached it, which is definitely being a ruckus maker, breaking free from the status quo in, in this connection with the student, is that there are always unintended consequences, right? Like these second order consequences. And you thought you would be more visible, which you were, right? But what else is going to happen with you taking the mobile office? You made a connection with this amazing kid. And who knows what else will happen as a result. But that, that is an example of being a ruckus maker. And Andy, I salute you. I appreciate that because I would have never known it would have made an impact on this young lady's education. I, just how, how could you see that coming up? But it's, it's exciting when those things happen. Absolutely. So Andy, I know you're also a, a big time uh, systems thinker. And I really admire that because I love systems myself. Uh, ruckus makers know that, that listen to the show. How have you applied systems level thinking to a free flow of communication between you and the staff? So as an assistant principal, like many, many assistant principals, I take on the burden of the discipline in a building. In order to do that and be out in the hall, be visible, there's got to be a system for me to be made aware of when we get our discipline issues and a way to communicate with staff what's going on. And so through the magic of Google Docs, I created an online way of referring students to me. Uh, but it goes more than that. It also went, has triggers on it because of uh, various things that let the teacher know exactly what's going on with that student. It gives the social worker an idea of what's going on with the student. If the student has special needs, the, the special education teacher knows what's going on with that student. And I don't have to do a lot of work for that. It is a lot of work. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not trying to minimize my, my role in that. But I've set it up so that there's a system in place that triggers things automatically so I can spend more of my time out in the hall, um, in the cafeteria, among the students that are outside of the office where the important work of education needs to be done. That's great. And I think a coaching point I want to point out to the uh, ruckus makers. So you've built this system. It's working really nicely for you in the school. It's improving communication too. Uh, you know, do a quick screen capture, you know, do a video five minutes or less, uh, write out a process document of how you built it, how to use it so that when you move up within the organization or to a different one, that the online discipline referral lives on past your leadership. So that's something to consider you know, yourself, but also for the, the ruckus makers as you build things, uh, record and write down the process of what you're doing so you can keep on giving long past your leadership. Oh, that's a good idea. I appreciate that. Definitely. And I think, Andy, this is a good spot to take a quick break to hear a message from our sponsors. But when we get back, you and I are talking French fries. Better Leaders, Better Schools is proudly sponsored by Organized Binder, a program which gives students daily exposure to goal setting, reflective learning, time and task management, study strategies, organizational skills, and more. Organized Binder's color-coded system is implemented by the teacher, with the students, helping them create a predictable and dependable classroom routine. Learn more and improve your students' executive functioning and non-cognitive skills at organizedbinder.com. 
Students who participate in the Conrad Challenge don't learn to think outside the box. They realize there's no box to begin with. Learn how innovation takes off and soars beyond the confines of traditional education. Register until November 1st at conradchallenge.org. And we're back with Andy Lindsay, who's a ruckus maker. We told the story of his high-tech version 3.0, I think he's on, of the mobile office. The amazing unintended consequences uh, that building that and being visible had with one particular student and uh, how he's a systems level thinker and improves some flow of communication through an online referral system. Now we're talking French fries and not because they are a great snack, which they are. And real quick story, you know, they call them French fries, but I'll tell you this, after living in Belgium, that's where they were invented actually. And if you can ever get over to Central Europe, eat the fries in Belgium, that's one thing they do really well. Long story short, I put out the weekend resource every Sunday. It's a bite-sized email. Uh, It does have podcasts. I've created articles I've written, that kind of stuff. But I also love to share things that I don't create, things that I just find interesting, things that will help you level up as a leader, uh, quotes that I find inspiring, all sorts of stuff. You can subscribe at betterleadersbetterschools.com. Well, Andy subscribes and he got an email and it had an article about the USA's best French fries. So Andy, I set it up. You take it from here. How did you use that article? I think it was from the LA Times. So that article had an image on it that ranked French fries by taste and texture, if I'm not mistaken. And they had it on a grid. And I'm like, wow, coordinate grids or quadrant grid. We use those at school. So uh, the next day, uh, I copied and, and pasted that image and put it into an email to the staff. And I, and I put it out there as a challenge. I said, staff, try to come up with a 10 to 15 minute activity around this image. And if you come up with something good, I'll give you a prize. So I had a couple math teachers do something. I had an English teacher do something. Our speech pathologist did something with her students. Uh, So we had probably, I don't know, five or six different activities that came in with different things from justifying which was the best French fry using the data from the table to, you know, making it into a true coordinate grid and, and somehow using ratios. As a former history teacher, I'm just going to trust the teacher in making those uh, ratios, uh, to, uh, texture to uh, taste ratio. Uh, in, our, um, in our speech teacher, she ended up doing some, you know, presentation type things with uh, the, the French fry challenge. It was just a way to get kids excited because, I mean, what kid doesn't like French fries? Come on now. And I thought it was an out-of-the-box or, in this case, out-of-the-bag experience uh, for the kids that they'd get a kick out of. And so the teachers that did it, I ended up uh, securing some free French fry gift certificates from the local McDonald's, who I believe have the best French fries, and gave those out to my ruckus makers teachers. Uh, who took the challenge on. And it was a lot of fun. And I'm looking for those things when I can. Right. I love I love that you took action. I don't remember if I prompted uh, Ruckus Makers to do that um, or if I just shared the article, but I, I love that you, you took action. And that's the thing is like, 
there are so many neat opportunities out there that are not in textbooks, but they're real. And I love that LA Times had fun with it. Like you said, ranked them on uh, taste and texture and all these different disciplines put their spin and perspective on it. And kids learned that day, right? They took it a little bit deeper. Uh, it was authentic. I don't know that they were solving some great problem, but they were engaged. And that's what it's all about. So kudos to you and the team for uh, taking a risk. And just so you know, I had my microphone on mute, but I did laugh on your pun out of the bag. (laughs) (laughs) It was good. And I felt bad. I'm like, oh no, they're going to think I didn't think it was funny. I did. I was laughing. I just was on mute. (laughs) Well, one thing um, I want to point out here too, and Andy and I talked about this in the pre-chat of the show a bit. One of the reasons he's my guest today is because he took action on something that we taught here at Better Leaders, Better Schools. And I have this document called the Ideal Guest Profile, which basically explains the three types of guests that I want on the show. One is somebody who's making change happen in education with a, a new idea and it's working and they have the results to back it up. And it is a new, new and unique idea. Two, you take action on something we teach here. So Scott Long, shout out to Scott. He's in the Guiding Principles Mastermind cohort. Uh, He was on the show and he talked about sticky core values. And that was because he took action on something from the School Leadership Series, my other podcast. And he took action on this Fry article and a small nudge to try to do something fun with that in school. So I appreciate you for doing that. And then the third uh, ideal guest is somebody who's currently in the mastermind because I want people to know how much they've leveled up due to the environment we've created, the leadership community that's been established, uh, and how we push them to be a better leader. So all that to say, right? Ruckus maker that's listening, what the heck does that have to do with me? Are you clear Do you have a document that you can reference, that you can give to your staff, that you could give to your nurse, you could give to your parents, your students, whoever, and say, this is our ideal staff member, for example, right? I have that for podcast guests. I get pitched all the time. The show's popular. I send that out and people have replied back to my email with the document and said, oh, I'm not the right fit. And I didn't even have to say no, right? That's a struggle for me, actually but it makes it crystal clear who I want on the show. So with all that being said, do that for your staff and identify who your ideal staff member is. And I asked Andy if you'd be comfortable just to to riff a bit and spitball with me on this idea of an ideal staff member. So uh, Andy, I don't know if this type of document exists within your school. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. But what kind of qualities and characteristics does your ideal staff member bring to the table? So... I think what we're getting to is what one of the gentlemen that you spoke of in your mastermind, that that whole concept of core values, and I've been really uh, reading into this lately, uh, the work of Robin Jackson is fabulous in, the, in mission, vision, and core values. And so I, I'm into that. And so for me, helpful, teachers have to be helpful by nature. I, I truly think that teachers need to be kind, uh, just have a kind-hearted nature about themselves. And kind-hearted doesn't mean uh, sugary sweet. You know, it can be stern. You can be stern and still still be kind. And then finally, that that passion. Uh, because my uncle Skip once said, "It's you know, when you get a job, 
and you want to find success, passion will lead you to success more than a desire for money, more than a desire for uh, awards. Your passion will lead you to success. And he was so right. Uh, So teachers that are helpful, kind, and passionate are at the top of my list. I can teach them knowledge. I can give them skills, but I can't teach them to be helpful. I can't teach them to be kind. And I, I can inspire their passion, but they've got to have it in the core to begin with. At least that's my thoughts. I love that. I might have to search for the note card. I know I've written it, but down. Um, uh, but what your uncle Skip said, I've come across before. And I, I think it has to do with this idea of uh, success drives us, but passion and core values pull us, right? Which is even more important because when you're, when you're tired and you don't want to you don't want to get up and uh, show up to work or whatever. It's those core values. It's that passion that pull you, right, to to the service um, that we do. So, thank you for uh, sharing on that, and and just to do you know some live coaching. And and we talked about this in the intro call. And for the ruckus maker listening too, identifying like you said, so uh, the passion part and these other characteristics. That's one side of it, but almost as important. Maybe even more important is identifying what the ideal, my case podcast guest, your case ideal staff member, what they are not. So Andy, how would you define that? If you know the characteristics and values your ideal staff member displays, what does he or she avoid doing? So that whole inflexibility, passion is closely aligned or lined up with stringent almost. Like you're so into your concept, you're so into what you believe that you almost become singularly focused. And one thing we know when we're in, when we're in education is that kids come to us from a wide variety of, of backgrounds and wide variety of homes, and we cannot be inflexible in any way. Flexibility has to be part of our, part of everyday life for us. And so when I'm interviewing, I'm listening for, are they so focused on what they believe that they're not open to different perspectives? We're all lifelong learners. I want to hire lifelong learners. So that flexibility piece. Uh, the other thing is they you got to be fair and you have to listen and not just, yeah, 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 listen, but genuinely listen, authentically listen. Uh, kids can spot a fake them mile away, but they also know that if you take time to listen to them, even if they you don't go their direction, what they want, if they feel heard, they'll follow you. And in my role as assistant principal, I have students that I have disciplined several times, but they know I still love them. Mm, that's powerful. So the, the characteristics they do not have is that inflexibility, the inauthenticity, and this shallow type of listening, if I heard you correctly. Right. They've got to be fair, too. Gotcha. Andy, what's one resource that's helped you level up in the last three months? So this isn't so much an education book, but it's something that I've, I'm really trying to, I, I, I'm building around. And that's The Four Disciplines of Execution. Uh, it's a book by Chris McChesney and a couple other authors, which is all about how do we create uh, and motivate? How do we create systems and how do we motivate people to fall into those systems and get excited about change? Change is hard to do. And so 
I'm real interested in how that can apply to uh, education and schools and, and making significant and impactful change in schools. And then Robin Jackson, just absolutely her school leadership reimagined uh, podcast. I can't get enough of it right now. It's my second favorite after Better Leaders, Better Schools. Phew. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's, that's another uh, resource that I've come across fairly recently that I'm really getting into. Cool. And we'll, we'll link up uh, the four disciplines of execution and uh, I'll link up Robin's podcast as well. Uh, Andy, what message would you put on all school marquees across the globe if you could do so for just a day? What do you know now that you didn't know before? And I'm real interested in that as, as a reflective piece because I don't think kids realize sometimes when they're learning. So I want them to see as they're leaving, as they're coming in, what do you know now that you didn't know before? That's why we're here. And you made it, you know, this last question. You're building a school from the ground up. You're not limited by any resources, your only limitations, your imagination. How would you build your dream school? And what would be your top three priorities? Well, I think my ideal school is all about making learning relevant and making learning engaging. And so what I envision are almost pod-based learning where kids have the flexibility to go where they want to go based on their interests, based on their needs, to get that education, to get that knowledge. And, and they almost become in charge of their own learning. And truly, the teachers are the, the guide that helps them along the learning journey. And resources would be at their fingertips, whether they be technology resources, whether they be books, um, connecting with uh, experts that are out in the field, uh, whatever that may be. So. I think that my top three priorities would to be make learning relevant, make it engaging, and make it that exploratory uh, uh, aspect or make it something that they can just dig into and explore. Andy, thank you so much for being a part of the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast. Of all the things we've talked about today, what's the one thing you want a ruckus maker to remember? I think the one thing that I'd want a ruckus maker to remember is that the four walls that you put up around you are your four walls. And there are ways to get outside of those four walls if you have the passion to do it and you figure out a way. Knock those walls down. Thanks for listening to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast, Ruckus Maker. If you have a question or would like to connect, my email, daniel at betterleadersbetterschools.com or hit me up on Twitter at Alien Earbud. If the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast is helping you grow as a school leader, then please help us serve more ruckus makers like you. You can subscribe, leave an honest rating and review, or share on social media with your biggest takeaway from the episode. Extra credit for tagging me on Twitter at Alien Earbud and using the hashtag BLBS. Level up your leadership at betterleadersbetterschools.com and talk to you next time. Until then, class dismissed.